0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MatchaNet Podcast. This is your favorite podcast that we post for y'all every single week. It's Kathy Casse. How are you doing, Kathy?
1: I'm great,
0: thank All you. All right. She just got off of a personal training call with one of her clients. And uh that was nice. Nice to hear how that was going for your for mm-hmm. your business. I actually think maybe we should talk about personal training and fitness at some point.
1: I'd love that, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it'd be cool from like a female and male perspective from your professional experience in my my street street experience working out (laughs) it might be a good good uh good perspective to have anyways if you guys are interested in that let let us know how to get fit for the matching process that might be a cool cool video Mm -hmm. idea So today we're going to be following up on uh, our conversation last time we had Kathy here, which is about masculinity and femininity. We're going to go deeper into this and make it more personal in regards to our own lives and our own relationships with our spouses. We're going to be hitting off our absolute favorite things about our spouses. And I think it might uh, surface some really interesting nuggets of wisdom for y'all who are trying to prepare for matching and blessing. Does that sound good, Kath?
1: Yeah, sounds great.
0: Yeah. So before we do that, just want to remind y'all to subscribe, follow to this podcast, because the only reason we do this is to help you single folks prepare well for matching and blessing. That's all the reason we do it. So uh, if you subscribe and follow, we will spend more time with us and we can spend more time with you. And more than likely you will start making good decisions in your life towards the matching and blessing. All right. We have tons of episodes here for y'all. So go through them and see if you like any of them and and listen in. All right. So we're going to do this rapid fire just one after the other. We prepared three or four different things that we absolutely love about our spouses that we have had a lot of trial and error to figure out how, how to love our spouses. And uh, I think it'll be really good. All right, Kath, do you want to start us off?
1: Um, yeah, sure, absolutely. Good. Okay, um, so the first thing that comes to mind when I think about what I love about my husband is it sounds so simple, but he's very sympathetic and empathetic. And I think that's a very important quality to have, especially from a masculine perspective, right? A lot of times this doesn't come natural to men. I think a lot of times the initial reaction is to kind of, um, you know, support from a side, from afar their wife, like give them their space and this is their time, you know, they need. But what my husband does is he he can empathize with everything that I'm going through. And I truly wow. appreciate that. But he follows it up with masculine support for example you know um when uh, when i just had when, every time i have children right uh, mm. all the all the years that i've had children i brought them home you know those those first few months as, as you know benji are very difficult because mm. they're challenging lack of sleep newborn they're crying you know and on all these things but <clears throat> you know a lot of times i'll hear that from wives they'll they'll say oh man, yeah, my husband, I can't believe he can sleep through their cries. I can't believe he'll, you know, he'll just roll over and and not pay attention. It must be a woman thing. Well, yeah, sure. It is. It Women do have an ear for, for, for cries. However, I will commend that my husband will wake up with me. Mm-hmm. Whenever the baby cries, he'll say, you want me to take him to the living room, rock him to sleep. And mm-hmm. even though I know that, that's not going to do much because I'm their food source. I'm, I I can put them down. He's willing to do that. He was willing to wake up at two in the morning, go to the living room and try to rock him to sleep just so I can have yeah. another 30 minutes to nap or something.
0: I'm laughing because I've done that like once and my wife was like, no, it's okay. And then I've never asked again. <laughs> but your husband, he keeps doing it, right? He keeps offering yes. it. It's like, that's great, man. <laughs>
1: Um, so I, I have to say I have to I put that in the forefront because um, you know, women, we feel loved when we feel safe and when we, we feel supported. And um when your spouse can make you feel safe and supported, that makes a huge difference in how our chemistry as husband and wife will flourish. Because I think that's lacking. A lot of times, you know, we hear to we hear a lot of stories and we laugh at it. You know, the, the husbands will just take their pillow and go to the next room or or something. And you know, the wife will you'll will understand. But when you do the extra effort to love and support your wife because you empathize and you sympathize with what she's going through, that's a hundred percent a winner in my books. So that's mm. the first thing if I comes to mind. when I appreciate my husband.
0: So I have a few questions because that's that's that is definitely. I would say a unique character trait right yeah and so what uh has he always been like that or has he kind of developed into that over the years
1: um i will say i think he's always been like that and i i don't think it's been brought out more uh, until until we got blessed um i will remember this one time um the very first, very, so he was visiting my family. We had been blessed for about a year, but I have a, I have a big family in Canada, so we all slept like like four people to a room whenever we go to like vacation. So, um, we're all sleeping on the floor, and my brothers and sisters are around, and um, and this has been after just one year of being blessed. And in the middle of the night, he wakes up and he sees that one of my brothers was missing a blanket and it was cold. So he actually gets up and covers my my brother with a blanket and i'm like that's really touching you know like i feel like um he out, out like outwardly he he presents himself as a, as a very confident very serious person but in his heart he he's always kind of been like i care for these people and i don't want them you know to to yeah. hurt or to feel you know whatever negative um insert word there
0: mm. but
1: uh, i think it's always been there
0: yeah, well, that's Albania for the win, right? <laughs> I swear, if I was if I was a if I was a woman, I would I would go to Albania and I would just be like, who can I marry? I, I swear to God, <laughs> I swear. I know a lot of Albanians and yeah? like European men in general. Right? So yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: these are these these guys are are cool.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think so.
0: There you go. <laughs> Maybe for my daughters, I'll yes.
1: I'll, Yes.
0: Marry a Albanian man.
1: So they European route. We'll yeah. See.
0: No, no, I'm I'm kidding. God, God has hand. I I trust in God's hand more than my own for sure. But I, but I will definitely consider Albania for sure. Um, so that's great. So that's your husband. That's that's how he is. That's the kind of person he is. Wow. Yeah. And so can I ask in a what other situations is he portray character traits of empathy and sympathy? Like when you're like, if you're feeling really stressed, and as people do, and you're mm-hmm. being, you know, maybe unnecessarily mean, yes. and hard, as mm-hmm. we do, right? So yeah. how does he take that? And how does he respond as the person he is?
1: Um, This is a good question. Because, um, let's see, I, out of the two, I'm, I'm the one that's very quick to you know, to be snappy. Mm. Um and really?
0: um oh, interesting. <laughs> oh, I had no idea.
1: Wouldn't have, <laughs> Wouldn't have guests. But um but he the way he responds is I I, I was floored the way he explained this to me one time. You mm. know, I, I remember um he was um So a little bit of a backstory, you know, I come from a family of six, and he only has one brother. So he's got a smaller family size than I do. And so when he got blessed into our family, he had to learn how to deal with a lot of people at the same time. And I think that was hard for him to, you know, to to maneuver um he's like it'll almost be like wait we have to do everything together (laughs) like we have to only we have to do everything as a group and it was hard for him to kind of connect to that that way of thinking if he felt that why don't we just do things that we like why do we have why does everyone have to do the same thing so that type of attitude um and then there was one time where i had to be like we had to have a conversation and talk about and i had to share with him you know I enjoy doing things as a family. I can't over, I can't just leave my family for visiting them just so we can go and do our thing and have a good time, you know? Like he was like, "This is a lot for me. Can can't we just go out and 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 take a day or two just for ourselves?" So that type of difference. And um I remember I I couldn't understand because I'm like, "But this is this is how we love each other. We do everything together." And then um and he got upset. The and he's like, "Okay, fine." Uh, but I know he wasn't fine, so I had I approached him about it, and then um and then he just becomes quiet, like that's how he internalizes conflict. He 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 approaches it in an introspect, and then after a few hours, you know, I I asked him like, are we are we, are we okay? Like, can we talk about what happened? And um and he would say, no, you know, it wasn't you, it wasn't anything. It's 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 just me. I'm I'm stressed with work. I feel like I just needed to uh, to spend time with just you. Uh, and do things that are familiar and I was like oh you know instead of blaming me and how I handled it and how I approached him and confronted him it's always taking an introspective approach and 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 thinking that it's what I is what he can do better how he could have responded better and I was like wow because my initial reaction would be that person needs to do this better you know but instead he, it's not he's never like that. So um, yeah, so that's kind of a, a difference, and, and mm. what I appreciate about how he handles conflict versus how I do it. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's great. I'm hoping that as we're going off of these qualities, where people are learning about the traits of men and women, and masculine femininity, mm-hmm. and how it plays in an actual relationship, right, and how we balance each other, you know. <laughs> okay, cool. So we got more for y'all. Uh, I I'll hit off my first one in my list. So my wife and I, every year on our anniversary, we do this thing, a tradition where we list uh, the qualities that we like, like about each other. And it has to be different every year. And it has to be the number of years that we've been blessed. So for example, this last October, we celebrated our 13-year anniversary. And so we had to list 13 things that we love about each other. And it's wow. a challenge because you have to come up with new things. And it's really... Usually funny because it's sometimes really like quirky or, or uh, nuanced things that you didn't think about, you know, for example, uh, this one made me laugh a lot. Usually my wife, uh, we eat Korean fried chicken like every week because I love Korean fried chicken. And anytime it's like, Oh, what are we gonna eat for dinner? I'll say Korean fried chicken. We're getting Korean fried chicken and I'll just order it from Uber Eats and it'll come directly to your house. And while I'm eating this chicken, I say the same thing every time I say, this is the best day ever. And I just <laughs> I say that every time, this is the best day ever. And I've been doing this for years, right? Um, Saying that, that phrase, and my wife was like, kind of like annoyed at it. It's like, every day is the best day ever, come on. I just made like this amazing meal yesterday and now you're just eating fried chicken and now today's the best day ever, right? It's kind of of like childish to her. And then during our anniversary, she listed her 13 things that she likes about me. And that was one of them was, she appreciates that every day is the best day ever for me. You know, no matter what, like, I'm just like, you give me some good food, uh, some good company, some good time with my, with my kids and wife. It's like, it's just amazing. So that was one of the, like, for example, those, those, one of the, like nuanced, funny things that we have that's going on in relationship. Uh, apart from that, a lot of hers were like, just as like little jabs at me, the first few will be things like, Oh, I really appreciate, I really admire how long you can go without taking a shower. (laughs) Or like I really admire how 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 infrequently you change your underwear, you know like stuff like that <laughs> just like little jabs to make fun of me and turn it into a compliment, but it's not really a compliment you know <laughs> that kind of thing um <clears throat> so I'll just give three though of mine. The first one I said to her is that she believes in people, uh, especially she believes in me and she believes in our kids and it's always moved me because when i think about my life and the trajectory of our life you know getting blessed at 18 having kids 22 not really having a career not really having a direction in life not knowing what we're doing not knowing if anything in life will work out not having really a great particular set of skills you know to use in in life and she was always like you know you'll figure it out we'll figure it out like that kind of mentality she was never ever for a second stressed about are we going to be able to pay bills? Are we going to be able to live? Are we going to be able to raise kids? It was always like everything will work out no matter what. And she said that like utmost confidence that I think you can only get when you've lived through hard times mm-hmm. and you've seen what living on, you know, a difficult life is like, because she grew up, you know, from her perspective, with like nothing in terms of finances in Japan, uh, in terms of comfort, in terms of getting, pre- like she never received a present her entire life until she was an adult from her parents oh, for cool. Christmas or birthdays. She, you know, went through that kind of life. And so uh, it's her perspective on things is like, everything works out. It'll be fine. You'll be fine. And I don't think I would ever have been able to swing big in life and make big decisions like moving to New York to, you know, pursuing a, a life in ministry or any of that. If she wasn't like, you know, you, you can do this. And I'm She's like 100% confident in in me and in the kids too. And that's really moving, especially because I have incredible self-doubt a lot of the times. I seem like a very certain person, but I think I doubt myself more than anyone can really know. Like everything, everything I say, everything I do, every podcast I make, every video I make, which I've made hundreds and hundreds of, every sermon I give, I will watch it back like two or three times at least. And i'll pick apart it and i'll say like i should have said this i could have said this better i could have taught this point better and i'm very critical of myself in every decision i make and so it's nice to have someone that'll just be like it doesn't matter like she, she's like that she's like it doesn't really matter just just it's fine you know just just move forward and i think that's how god sees us you know that's what i've learned at least in this dynamic with my wife is that when we ask God the most important big decisions in our lives, like who to marry, where to go, all this stuff, and we're really deliberating between, you know, should I get this house or this house or buy this car or not buy this car? Should I study this in university or not? At the end, end, end of the day, at the end of our lives, I think God is just like, like it doesn't matter what you do. Just make sure you're doing it with love and make sure you're doing it with the people that are important to you. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And I think if you ask God, it's just like, it doesn't really matter most stuff of course some stuff matters right but the vast majority of the stuff that we deliberate over like it doesn't really matter so just choose something and it'll work out and that's what i've learned from my wife and in the the sense that she's been like this right Mm. and for our kids i am often like you know kathy like when your kids are really acting up or or you know having a fit it's really tempting to look at that and be like like what am i doing you know or Kids are fighting, you know, like, oh, I wish they wouldn't fight, you know? And, and we kind of extrapolate and project this situation into eternity. It's like, oh, my kids are going to be like this in the future, right? Or something like yeah. that. Uh, and it gets really hard as a parent. I think people listening to this can remember their parents, like, being really stressed when you're fighting, you know? And the reason is because we're afraid of the outcome. Like, we're afraid of kids having bad relationships with each other. We're afraid of the, the end, end result of our kids being like this. And so I've had this tendency of like just being uncertain or stressed about my kids and are we doing a good job with raising them? And I've asked my wife this a lot. Like, what do you think? Like, are you not stressed at all? And she has over and over again said like 100%, like they'll be fine. Like she's not for a second, for a second worried that our kids are going to not make it in life,
1: Mm.
0: which is a really rare quality to have in a parent. She's like, not even a second. And I'm like, how do you know that? And she says, same thing. She says, because my kids don't answer to me. They answer to God and their uh. conscience. And I'm like, think about that for just a second, everyone listening. You you do not answer to your parents. Ultimately, you answer to God and your conscience. And when you realize that, it really hits a nerve. You realize that like the sky's the limit. And it's none of this games of like, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I, you know, is it okay to this? It's like, at the end of the day, what really matters is what does your conscience say? And what does God say to you? And you have to answer to that, you know, really common question. It's like, oh, can I recommend a person to my parents for a match in Canada? Right. Or is that okay? Is it not okay? And all these questions of like, is this okay? Is that okay? There are, Endless, right, Kathy? Like the questions that we get about this kind of stuff. And I think fundamentally, the reason I, I don't like those questions is because the the entire premise of is it okay or is it not is assuming that the thing that makes a relationship or breaks a relationship is that factor. Whereas in reality, it's not if you do this or don't do that, that's going to make relationships succeed. Because we have situations where people do recommend a candidate to their parents and it works out great and we have situations where people do recommend a match and it doesn't work out at all right? right so it's less to do with that being the factor that makes or break a successful relationship but it's more to do with something else and it's 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 distracting because people are so focused on is it okay to go down this road to do that is it okay to go on a website or not go to a website but not really focusing on the things that truly do matter ultimately and if you focus on the things that really do matter and don't be distracted by the things of those those things that are like minute com- in comparison to the big under the iceberg factors that that contribute greatest to a successful blessing, then we're not distracted. Then we can focus. Mm-hmm. So all of this is all of this is to say that <laughs> I love that my wife has this really big vision of like. It's okay. It's fine, you know. And she doesn't even have to try to be like that. And I, I think it's only because of her life experiences, and that's who she is. Anywho, that's all I want to share on that.
1: Wow. Uh, no, that's that's um, that's awesome. That's really incredible that your wife has that kind of certainty. Um, I mean, I feel like in a way I can kind of relate to how she's feeling, and I think I have to commend that. The reason why we can say that, a big part of it is probably because our husbands are doing a good job. So she sees in you and she trusts what you're doing. And I think it makes her feel confident in that you're carrying her and your family to where it needs to go, despite how you may see it, despite how worried you might get and, um, and overthinking things. Because I feel that I am confident to say that about where my kids and our family will be because of how much my husband is working how much he is trusting God, I feel like because he's got such a compass, even though he overthinks everything, like at night, he can't sleep because he's rolling back the whole day of what happened every single moment of it. And he's thinking about the next day, I can put my head to to bed and just like knock out. Mm -hmm. I don't think about those things, partly because I'm so confident in him and the direction that our family is going because I trust where he's leading us. And I feel that that's a good Thing to that your wife can be so confident because that shows her trust in you and and her trust in the way you're leading the family and how god is playing a role in mm. handling this whole situation so i mm. think that's an amazing um perspective
0: mm. yeah that's really interesting mm. i never thought about it like that thank you i guess it's it's definitely a balance we're playing off of each other right one I guess one example of that would be when we were pregnant with our first son, she was diagnosed with a a, a ovarian cyst, a very, very large ovarian cyst, like the size of a size of a baseball. And she had to make it we were living in Japan, and she had to make a decision to to remove the ovarian cyst while she was pregnant, which would result in the likeliness that the baby, the fetus would die, or son would die, right? or to to wait and then for the baby to be older so that she could remove it later and it'd be safer to to remove, but it might be cancerous. And that would be the risk is that if it was cancerous, it would uh, be dangerous, detrimental to her health. And so being in our modern world, we went to a bunch of different doctors and they all recommended to abort the baby so that she could save her life. Right. And my wife was like, hell no. Like, like all of these three or four medical professionals we went to, they were like, You should you should abort this baby because mm. it's detrimental. It might it might be cancerous and hurt your life. And she was like, Hell no. Mm. And she and she reminded me, she said, If I seek to if I seek to live, I will die. And if I seek to die, I will live. Wow. And that was going through her mind. And I was like, That's that's beautiful. But wow. also in hindsight, like you're saying. I think because i was very I was very certain about the decision myself, and of course, I wanted to leave it up to her because this is her her body and her life, right? Mm-hmm. But I was very confident in in my feelings about it, and I think she uh I had this feeling of like you know, we'll be okay this is i I think there's God's hand in this situation. Mm-hmm. this is a story we will be able to tell our son later and she, and he will know that he's a miracle child his entire life, you know. And I kind of saw that long term. And I think she she felt that confidence in me and, and was able to make that decision. Um but yeah.
1: That's that's beautiful. <laughs> and actually this kind of plays in my second thing that I appreciate yeah. about my husband is he knows who he is. Mm. And we actually have a very similar story with my first daughter, my first yeah. child, and that um um I was around. 19 weeks pregnant with her 19 weeks along and um we had our I think second ultrasound with her and they noticed that she's got like some fluid behind her neck and they said this is a big sign that she could have down syndrome Mm. so you're early enough that you could abort this child and without a question I was Mm. like I'm not I I'm not gonna do that even if we have to live with a Down syndrome child, that's fine with us. God will God will protect us. It will be just fine. But you always, as a woman, look to your husband because if there's a doubt in him, we'll start doubting our decisions. For we, As women, we gain a lot of our strength, a lot of our confidence from our men because we feel like they are the rock for our family. And because my husband is like, that's not even an option. So I felt even more um strong and convicted in my decision mm. and um and thank goodness we didn't abort because look at our children mm. yeah. they're perfectly fun and they're healthy um but but yes yeah, so i think in a man because you are you know by default and how god created things you are by default the subject obviously in divine principle each person can have a chance to be subject object right but uh, by default, the man leads the family. The man it, it receives this um, as his role. And and I think as women, in our, in our nature, we look for that rock, for that stability. And when we have a husband, um, a counterpart that can guide us and direct us, because, and they know who they are, it's like... It's like it, it, it makes us even more convicted in how we can shape ourselves. Like I think I've mentioned before, you know, before I met my husband, I was very much um, because I was in college, you know, it's, it's all feminism here. I don't need a man. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I can take my time finding my spouse. I was like that. I was being molded like that. But when I first had that initial conversation with my husband, they didn't fall in love with how he looked. I didn't, I, I had no picture of him. Um, But except for a little tiny thumbnail on his profile, I could barely see it. Um, But when we had that conversation, I fell in love with, wow, he knows exactly who he is. There is no changing this man. He like, you know, true father, true mother, our principal always says you need to be unchanging. That's why the word true is in front of everything that we are trying to claim back for God. If you yeah. were a true person, you know exactly who you are, and and nothing will change that. So I feel like because he knew who he is, I felt I could relax. I don't have to be this this alpha female. I can be that true feminine that I'm looking for because he's got it. I don't have to step up and try to raise up a little boy. You know, mm-hmm. like this is a a man who knows what he where he is going, um, uh, what he wants and where he is going. Um, so I thought that was really. That was an interesting story you shared because I feel like I felt, yeah. you know, similar situation.
0: Yeah, amazing. So that was your second point, right? That he's he's a rock. He's
1: that a rock. It. And My third yeah. point was, and he knows where he's going, right? I think it kind of. Yeah. Um, oh no,
0: not this. your. Let's not go into your third point yet. You have to say <laughs> Okay. We're not done yet. We're not done. What I'm yeah, getting. So that ca- is my second yeah. point.
1: Um, he knows who he who he is. Yeah. That's my second point.
0: That's interesting. Uh, I I what i'm getting here is that i my opinion and what i've observed from many years of talking with couples and men is that everything is men's fault and i will stand by this and i know people who say oh everything's men's fault i believe that i think if women are like you're saying in your words right these kind of like a yes like like a alpha females is that the word you say <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think if people i think if women go extreme in that direction I think it's men's fault. I think it's because there's not a man, father first, or man, husband, spouse in their lives that is mm-hmm. going to be solid for them. And I think that the more that men lean into that role of a real true masculine man, not a, not a you know, what's the word, peacocking, boastful <laughs> masculine man, but a true nature of what God's essence of a man is, I think women naturally become a naturally God essence of a woman. Yeah. And guess what happens? Opposites attract. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And what doesn't happen is that the same thing, you know, if, if they're not opposite opposite of opposite, uh same. <laughs> if you have two <laughs> negatives, they will detract, right? Right. It's just how it works. That's that's biology. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's it's men's fault. And I'll stand by that. It's it's men's <laughs> fault.
1: It's Adam's was- fault. I wasn't nice. sure where you were going with that statement. I was like, huh, really? But <laughs> I understand.
0: <laughs> men's fault.
1: Um, it is men's, yes, it's because of men. Um, I was um I was reading up on on some. So actually my husband joined a men's group, not part of our church, but just a a really good, wholesome Christian group of men who were trying to become oh. a masculine but God-centered man for their wives and their children. And um, one of the content that they've been discovering is that, you know, that my husband was sharing with me is that the wife's radiance is actually the result of the man and what he can do for his wife. So I mean, there is a happy wife, happy life type of thing. Uh, However, our happiness and the radiance of the femininity really hooks on to what the, how the man can make the wife shine. And I was like, wow, that's really beautiful because it's really about taking responsibility, taking accountability, just being the head of a household. You know, once you become matched and blessed and now you are leading this family, just because you are leading this family as a man, you know, you're providing financially, you know, you're, 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 you're the breadwinner, whatever, Um, does not immediately mean you can kick back and relax right? And then come home, and then your wife has this beautiful, you know, like, we want to do that, we'd love to do that. However, that doesn't mean that that is all you do. And um, now we're touching into the whole traditional gender roles.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, that was related to my next point.
1: Yeah, <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> I, um, yeah.
1: You know, I feel like, um, I think there's a lot on that. And that, and, and, it, and I don't want to say it selfishly, it feels weird saying that, it's your responsibility, man, to make me happy, right? Mm. I don't want it to sound that it, it, it's like that. However, when you look at it from God's perspective, when a man truly knows how he he needs to raise up his family, ultimately the wife will shine because she's enveloped in that love and that respect and in in, in his care. Mm. And um, I think there's a lot of truth in what you were just saying that I guess it a man's fault.
0: Man's fault. <laughs> Maybe that's an abrasive way of saying it. And I like saying things that are abrasive because it makes people stop and think for themselves. Does that make make sense?
1: Yeah, because I had to think about
0: that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So like, for example, I say to my kids, I would rather you smoke cigarettes than have a phone. Mm. That's what I tell them. I'd rather you smoke cigarettes than have a phone. Mm. And people are like, you can't say that. Well, I do because (laughs) I believe it. Yeah. And it's abrasive. Am I saying I want my kids to smoke cigarettes? No, that's not what I'm saying. Right. But I would rather they smoke cigarettes than have a phone, mm. if that makes sense. So it's an yeah. example of saying something abrasive to make a point of education. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, yeah, that's that's why I say stuff like that. I mm-hmm. think that maybe a better, lighter way of saying it is it's men's responsibility. Uh, yeah. Well, that's also not entirely true because it's also women's responsibility, right? right? But I don't know. But also on the flip side, I perceive myself in my relationship with my wife I perceive that when I started off this relationship, I was very sheepish in my masculinity. That's how I think of myself. And because I don't know if it's not entirely true, and I'm kind of unpacking this live here, but I remember many times where she, I was just like very uncertain and wishy-washy and emotional and reactive, especially when she was not feeling you know, emotionally stable or she was going through postpartum stuff right after having the kids. Or, you know, just not standing up for what I believe in and just moving forward with confidence. I feel like I was a lot of that. And I'm trying to think of what changed. And I, and I, I wasn't originally like right now, I feel very confident and certain about stuff. And I, I I'm in a really good place in our relationship. Uh, like my wife can have a really bad day and it won't affect, like, I'll listen and I'll hug her and I'll hold her, and then she'll try to like stab me and twist the knife, right? As sometimes people do when they're upset right she'll yeah. she'll say stuff like here's an example um i came home one day and and she was kind of stressed cuz she was with the kids all day and they were you know not being loving to each other whatever and then she was like going off and like oh stressful stressful and then she starts kind of attacking me and and pointing out flaws in me right and so instead of like reacting which typically i would normally do is like trying to defend myself or fix her or say how she needs to like all this stuff right instead i was just like got it honey give her a hug and i took the kids and we went to the park i was just like mm-hmm. you take the kids to- so mommy can have some time alone we're gonna go to the park right and i as i was leaving she was still like going off at me as she was <laughs> and i was like trying to be loving to her right and then she said she tried to twist the knife she said you're only doing this because you want to have sex later <laughs> 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 right <laughs> well people do people do that right and then and then so if she's really down she'll say stuff like that right but if I was really unstable in my emotional state I would have been like defensive like what are you talking about I'm trying to take the kids out I'm trying to right but I was like gotcha you need some time alone like I got you, mommy right and we just took the kids out and it completely transformed the week like our entire week was transformed because I came home and of course she's like, you know, calm down and understandably guys like, you know, Kathy, being with kids all day, it's like it's, it's hard, hard stuff. It being a parent is freaking hard. I don't think people understand how hard it is <laughs> really to be a parent. It is so hard. The hardest so thing rewarding. you'll to ever do. And so rewarding and yeah. we do it, but understandably <laughs> I was like, you know, you need some time. Let me take the kids, right? And so as an example of her like trying to trying to twist the knife and test me, make sure that <laughs> Make sure I'm a man, just like you said, to make sure that I'm there for her and she can be safe and protected. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, it's like she, her feeling is I was at my absolute worst today and I was still loved. Mm -hmm. And that's how one person can change a relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, but if I didn't feel like I know with confidence I'm loved by God and in that state of being filled, like completely filled up, then I would not be able to do that. And I haven't been able to do that for many years, actually, in a relationship. But I think it wasn't until I learned how to receive grace and love and connection from other people outside of our marriage, right? The reality is it would be amazing if you could both, both spouses could just like support each other and fill each other up. That would be fantastic. In an ideal world, that'd be great. The reality is that there are times where that's not possible because you're just both running on empty, you know? And so it's that those moments where we have to say, okay, I need a parent. I need an uncle, an aunt. I need brothers or sisters where I can feel filled up. And what happens is you both get together and you attract and then you enjoy being with each other. And then you are able to talk about stuff. You have stories to tell, you know? All right. So, uh, let me go to my second one, which I haven't gone to yet. (laughs) If you guys like this content by the way, let us know so we can make more stuff. We're we're doing this cuz we got good feedback from the last episode so we're we're doing it. Okay, so my second in my list, I'm trying to find one that is not related to sex and her <laughs> body, but um <laughs> let's see. Uh my second one is that okay, she does not I told my wife that she does not feel a need to do anything else. Let me explain. So she's, my wife is a stay-at-home mother and she doesn't have this, how do I say this in a in a kind, loving way to her? She doesn't have this deep, deep desire to do anything besides take care of our family. And I appreciate that personally. Um, if she did, I would be all for it. Uh, and if she wants to do something with her life, then that's that's fine and great. And she does some things, but she doesn't have this like, I need to make money. I need to do anything. It's just like, she is someone that is completely content and happy at just being home. And for me, that's really uh, a safe haven and a peaceful environment because I'm out here every day talking with people about the most egregious things that people are going through in their lives, right? Like addiction, uh, tears, torment, um, just Depression, Like the things that I'm hearing and helping people through every single day is, can be a lot. And so when I come home, all the world's problems kind of just vanquish because she's there just making meron pan or scones at home, right? and the stuff she worries about it's like oh she burnt the scones a little bit today and then she's <laughs> stressing about it's so nice to come home to a wife that's just stressing about scones being burnt <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> and she, it's it's really nice personally because it's such a counterbalance to the like the weight of the stuff that i'm every day talking to people about so i would say that i really appreciate that about her that she prefers to be home and she prefers to just be with the family and be with the kid right, right. again if she had some ambitious like drive to want to like be a matching supporter or, um, want to do something, I'd be like, great. Like, let's, let's find a space to do that. But personally, I like that. She's kind of just like, she's Mm -hmm. chill just to like, I'm okay. Just to be here. And if she had her way, she would just stay home all the day, every day. And that's cool. Right. Yeah. That's it.
1: Oh, wow. Um, yeah I, I i love that i love that your wife can provide that safe space for you and actually i had a question mm. um because we're talking about how men true masculinity can bring out true femininity but i'm wondering do you feel benji that her true feminine characters have helped you become more masculine
0: i think that she has pushed me a lot i think she has uh she has pushed me, and I'm trying to think of an example of this, but it's it's kind of like a, like this constant feeling of like you can be better and i and I say that because I know that a lot of women that are looking for spouses are like, like, for example, I was talking with one matching candidate sister, and her basic criteria was a man that doesn't smoke and drink. And I was like, how sad. Is it that that's the only requirement you have for a man? Is that they don't smoke and drink? Really, you know, that's the standard that you play on on a masculine man in your life is that they don't smoke and drink. That's it, you know what I'm saying? But this is more common than we think. Is that as long as my man isn't this or doesn't watch porn or isn't you know sleep? It's like have some have a little bit of a higher standard for what you're looking for. Not not an overly Unrealistic standard, but a standard that is going to lead you guys into a good direction in your lives. And so, for me, my wife has always been someone that's like, "You can do better." You know, like you were talking about, you know, taking care of the kids or your your husband offering to to watch the kids at night and and put them to sleep. Right? My wife has always had this like, "Like you can do better. You can you can you can be better about her, and not not in a like judgmental or harsh way, but just like a like an overall." never feeling content with who I am. And she's always pushed me in that sense. She doesn't compliment me. She doesn't say how amazing I am, but it's an overall, which which I want sometimes, but it's more of a genuine, sincere, like, I know you can be better. So I believe in that. And like it, like my first point of meant, she's always constantly believing in me. Um, like I'll come home from work and feel exhausted, but there's still this expectation that I'll take care of the kids. I will do the dishes. I will help clean up. I will... I will put the baby to like all this stuff that she's just having like you can do better you can be better and so to me i i have perceived that that is kind of a feminine trait like a true feminine trait is like believing in your man like i believe in you like you can do it not a settling for some benchmark like oh you don't drink or smoke amazing congratulations so anytime i see someone on facebook Saying how amazing their husband is. Happy birthday to my amazing husband. Hashtag blessed. Every time I see that, I think something is wrong here. There is first of all, there's no man that is that amazing. Like let's be honest, <laughs> all the time. And secondly, I think it comes from us like a like a real place of like insecurity and inauthentic. You know, does that make sense? Like there's something off about that. It's like why do you have to tell the world about how amazing your husband is? Like just just tell him. Just tell him happy I'm birthday.
1: I'm guilty of that, so you're you know? putting me
0: back. Okay, sure, you know, that's cool. <laughs> well, you can defend yourself if I'm wrong here, you know, but I just feel like that's just an example of of something of like, I think that it's it's about how can we support and push each other in a way that's loving and just mm-hmm. says like, I believe in you and not settling for my husband is amazing as just the way he is my wife is incredible just the way he is and but rather seeing each other from god's view which is i know you're capable of way more than you think Mm -hmm. way more than i can see god sees you in a greater light you know Mm
1: -hmm. yeah no i i mean i asked that question because your story really resonates with me in that you know same thing i feel like as wives as women we have a huge responsibility to to provide and create a space for our family to feel that that close that that loving atmosphere that that atmosphere where they feel like they can just be themselves and be supported and um you know about a few years ago you know my husband was going through um a lot with work with mm. our church community you know a conflict um a resolution within the you know his work atmosphere and church atmosphere and and he's like, you know, at the end of the day, I don't really care about that stuff. You're the person I come home to. You're the person that will, you know, that will make things feel right for me. And I was like, wow, that's that's what I want. I want to be that mother, that wife that can make my, my husband feel that way, that can make my children feel that way, that you are who I come home to. At the end of the day, none of this stuff matters because I come home to you. And I was like, hmm. That's, and that, that attitude from my husband made me feel like this is what I'm going to live for is to create this space and this feeling for my family. So I just, yeah, I really resonated with your story too.
0: It's a safe haven. Mothers, mothers are a safe haven for Mm -hmm. women are safe haven for their, for their husband, for their children. Right. Yeah. Like how many, how many men I talk to about porn addiction, for example, I have very rarely met someone that wants to talk to their dad about their addiction Mm. it's always I want to tell my mom about it it's like I would rather tell my mom about my deep dark secrets and usually the mom's like oh go talk to your dad about it because I don't really know you know what I'm saying like Mm -hmm. this is a man issue talk to your dad and then but they're like no I don't want to talk to my dad I want to talk to you mom you know (laughs) because mothers are generally mothers are like a safe place where you can go and feel grace and acceptance you know yeah (laughs) uh your third point did you have third one
1: yeah i kind of spilled the beans earlier but Mm -hmm. yeah knowing where he's going and i think we were touching about this actually before we we recorded but um you know uh we're in this space right now in in our life where we're trying to find um a good community um a good location to continue to live and you know right now we're in florida we, we we're feeling it out for a few years and um we're still having um some thoughts about different locations we could mm. possibly end up in um but at the at the end of the day even though we're physically floating around trying out different locations um what i appreciate about my husband is he's he's so confident that wherever we do end up that we will flourish mm. um he's got He's got plans for, even though he, if he, even if he has to drop work, he's like, I can make money doing this. I can make money doing that. You don't have to worry about that. Like that certainty um, externally is like, that's why I feel like I can stay home. That's why I feel like I think I can be supported because he does so much for our family uh, for, uh, you know, for financial support, for, you know, anything external. Uh, At the same time, bringing it all back because he's like, I don't want to be rooted in some place where we're hindered physically and we can't contribute to our church. We can't contribute to our community. We can't contribute like, you know, like he values our contribution on some level to, um, for, for you know, for our faith. And, um, I think because he's got so much certainty externally and internally about where we're going, it's like, I don't have to worry about those things that mm-hmm. I can freely support our home. Wherever home might be, it could be in Boston, it could be in Florida. I don't know. Maybe Benji will visit you in Carolina. At North some Carolina point. Yep. Exactly. But wherever we are, I feel like he's got this and I can relax and I don't have to worry about those mm. things. So I really appreciate that point about my husband.
0: Got it. And then would you would you say that he has certainty or clarity more? Oh. I've been thinking about the difference, but what do you think? That's good. Yeah.
1: They kind of, they're similar, but I think that, yeah, that they're different. I would say maybe clarity. And because he's so clear, he's certain of the direction that he can take to get there.
0: Mm. Got it. I think this is a really important distinction Mm. when we make really big decisions, like where to live, who to marry, that kind of stuff, because certainty is like. Would you like to have, let's say, hundred dollars, like U.S. dollars, or the equivalent in euros, for example? Mm. The certain different, the certainty would be like, yeah, I'd like the hundred dollars because I live in America, so I want the hundred dollars. I don't want euros, right? But a, if you were to say, like, would you like, like, Korean won or Japanese yen? It's like, it doesn't really matter. So a clear decision would be like, well, I want the I want the Japanese yen. Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. the reason decisions are hard is because we want clarity, we want certainty and stuff, right? Like where to live, which house to buy, which degree to follow in university, that kind of stuff. We want to have certainty, but the reality is that we can't have a hundred percent certainty because there are pros and cons to everything. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, it's not like a black and white. Like this is objectively better. You know right. what I'm saying? Because there's many things to weigh, but you can have clarity in our decisions. Mm -hmm. which comes from like, even though I'm not 100% sure which is better, I'm clear that this is what I want. And long-term, I think it'll be okay, right? So maybe we can do an episode on that. I think it's really important framework to make really big decisions um, on Mm -hmm. how to make clear decisions about stuff.
1: Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Cool, man. All right, so last one I have is... So the last one I said is that she... Doesn't feel, my wife doesn't feel a need to do anything adventurous or epic, which I I appreciate personally. The third one I'll say is that even though she's like that, she's always willing to follow my adventurous inspirations. (laughs) Usually. If it's really clear for me that I think something's a good idea, she will not hesitate to say, okay, even though she likes being home, for example... We just in the last month went to Korea for two weeks because I was like, I came back from the Rebirth Workshop in Las Vegas, and I was like, we're gonna go to Korea. <laughs> what do you think? And she's like, why? Doesn't matter. We're gonna go to Korea, <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, okay, you know, like that. If I'm if I'm feeling very certain about stuff, which again, like I say, I'm not I'm not always very certain about things. Because I'll second guess myself a lot, but when I'm very clear about something, she knows I'm I'm serious, and we should do it. And so I appreciate that she's willing to be adventurous, uh, when I want to be adventurous and when I feel like we need to be adventurous. Because we're like fire and ice. And that if it was me, I would like we would be those that family that just homeschools and lives a nomad life, or we're just living all over the world. Like that would that would be my life. It was up to me. Yeah. But so we have to balance it with her desire to just kind of be in one place all the time and then kind of have adventures two or three times a year where we'll go to Japan, Korea, or this year we went to Europe, you know, for example. Uh, so it's a balance, but that's kind yeah. of how I feel. So I appreciate her adventurous spirit in that sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I love that. I think actually we're opposite because I'm the adventurous one and my husband would much rather be very yeah. <laughs> in, so- one, in one place. Um, but I think the key point there is that I don't know if heavenly compromisation is the right way to, to, mm. to frame it. But, um, you know, like, for example, I I love to do, like, adventurous things. Like, let's just one day, I just want to go on a road trip. Like, I, there was a Black Friday sale. I recently bought a road trip for one day where you don't know where you're going. You just open envelopes and it takes oh. you places. Yeah. And my husband's sort of like, I have so much work to do. <laughs> we need to, you know, we need to stay home for, like, three months. And I'm like, yeah, but... But he's he's he understands that we end up having a great time, and I would never push things mm-hmm. on him that will make him feel like he's falling behind. And I think it's it actually brings out the best in each other. Where where you're you know, let me let me rephrase this because I re- I remember, um, Jin uh, I don't know how to call him now, in Jin Ex-husband. We can talk about this. But um um, at one point I was working for him. But one thing that I really learned from him, I don't know, I don't know a whole lot of their backstory at this time. However, one point he did make really resounded with me in that he said to show true love for Injin. I I want to like what she likes, you know, even if I don't prefer it. I want to like what she likes. For example, you know, I guess Injun she uh, she doesn't like this certain, I guess, uh, I think it, it was a dessert or whatever. However, because she he loves her, he's willing to have that dessert for, for even his birthdays because she enjoys it. You know, like every time that he would celebrate something big on his part, he would make sure that he includes what she prefers. And I was like, you know i think that's 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 an important thing to learn it's so minute but i don't want to fight with my husband over the small things i don't want him to fight me over the small things you like this you like that like there's bigger things to worry about like just compromise on these small things and everyone will be happy mm-hmm. i don't know if compromise is the right word but um yeah i don't know so, so how how is that
0: applied in you guys that lesson applied in your relationship
1: you know what, he will, I don't think he'll admit it, but I think he's enjoying becoming more adventurous. <laughs>
0: mm.
1: He'll always say, yeah, my wife, she'll go everywhere. She'll do this, she'll do that. And, um, uh, you know, he and he'll throw a joke once in a while. He's like, you know, I, I work just to make you and Layla happy because my daughter is the same way. I like, we have the same interests. You always want to go out and do things. But, you know, I, on days he comes home and, um and he's feeling like he just needs a break. He's like, you guys want to go out? I'm like, oh really? You know, it's to get you a coffee. I'm like, oh, to get me a coffee. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like he'll he's learning how to appreciate the reason why I like certain things. And I think that's um that's where we compromise, is that he enjoys having a good experience.
0: Interesting. Gotcha. Yeah, that's interesting. That that tends to happen in relationships over time is we tend to gravitate towards being or enjoying, learning how to enjoy each other's
1: things (laughs) exactly
0: yeah Mm. so maybe i'm learning how to enjoy being home more who knows yeah i'm trying to think of examples that aren't related to our sexual life um but i'm (laughs) I'm not not having any success (laughs) oh my gosh all right that's too much no it's not here's the thing guys
1: not too much we need more stuff on this but after you guys are blessed
0: (laughs) well here's the thing like I always say this, but the the it's weird we don't talk about sex in our movement, if you think about it. Like how much Father talked about sex, how much Dr. Young, you know, when he was the Continental Director, talked about sex, how much the blessing is related to sex. It is everything to do with sex. And so I always think it's weird we don't talk more about it. And if people feel strange about it, then I think that's something that they should look into, right?
1: I, I agree I'm sorry my my husband is working now so the baby is right there but right. <laughs> sorry if you hear him cry okay
0: okay yeah
1: but I agree I think I think um heavenly intimacy is really important and um I I discovering the whole aspect of true masculinity and femininity will naturally bring that I think um, that topic, and maybe mm-hmm. I don't know maybe we'll do an episode
0: on that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. And just to be clear, it's not about it's not about the act of sex we're talking about. We're talking about sexuality, which is relevant to every single human being, regardless if you're single or not, is what is God's sexuality about? Um, this has been my world for the last number of years because of high noon, you know, just traveling around doing workshops. Uh so yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. But if you guys are interested in sexuality as God's God's intended and according to how true parents um, have portrayed and educated on it, then we can definitely dive into it. You're the, you're the Hundoke expert, right, here? So growing up doing Hundoke, I'm sure you've done a lot of Hundoke about sex, absolute sex. Is that right?
1: Oh, yes. All of it. And my, my parents are very open about this.
0: <laughs> cool. cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, let us know if you guys are interested in that. Do you want to have anything to wrap up? Kathy
1: Um no i i mean i i would love to keep exploring this topic of masculinity femininity and maybe at some point um how it looks in in the husband and wife atmosphere and meaning actual traditional gender roles so if that's something people would want to listen to maybe we could touch on that for another episode
0: mm. Yeah for sure okay let's make note of that thank you everyone Kathy always a pleasure. Good to see you. If you guys are ready to take matching and blessing seriously, go check out the MatchNet program at matchnet.us. It's going to take you through the entire process of becoming a matching candidate, getting educated about the blessing and what the matching process is about. Go check it out and uh, subscribe, follow to this podcast so we can spend more time with y'all. All All right. See you in the next episode. Bye-bye.